excerpt from the new Bob Woodward book about the Trump White House coming up. Maybe you haven't heard it, and um, we can discuss it and whether we think it's true or this or that and all that coming up right now. Kavanaugh is speaking, so each one of these senators on the Judiciary Committee is going to get 30 minutes to question him. Yeah. Oof. Man, it'd be tough to keep your cool because they're going to go full on, well, make him lose his cool. Accusations, yeah. you know. On the uh, other hand, it, it makes it easier that you're you, you can get away with not answering. I mean, if I can sit there and think, okay, finish talking, and then I'll go into my I'm not going to say anything. And then when they say you're not answering the question, the American people deserve an answer. You can go with the American people do deserve an answer, and the answer is that a judge must be even-handed and fair-minded at all points. <laughs> right. And the black robe we put on symbolizes right. Do you or do you not put ketchup on pasta, sir? <laughs> That'd that would, be my question. That's my focus for the first ten minutes. Yeah. Some put pasta on ketchup, some do not. Some put ketchup on hot dogs. But a judge must be blind like justice. Yeah, I think I could probably do that for a while. <laughs> Joe Getty, you're a child rapist. Well, as a judge, it's important to judge carefully and carefully judge. Right? Yeah, I don't. Yeah. So uh, the Woodward book. And if you didn't hear Jack's preceding sc- screed about the Woodward book, it's not going to be like you're hearing on cable news where they're just, you know, purely trafficking in the gossip and rolling around in it because they're desperate for ratings. I heard Chris Matthews say one time that when these books hit town, everybody in D.C. turns to the index to see if their name's in it and right. looks at that page. Yep. That's what it's all about. Yep. Well, speaking of people uh, who are uh, getting some attention, during the zoo that was the opening day of the Kavanoscopy yesterday on Capitol Hill, <laughs> uh, the uh, the various senators made their grandstanding efforts. And then thoroughly normal, fabulous Ben Sass, senator from Nebraska, right? Correct. Who's just even-handed. He tells it like he sees it. And he's just, oh, man, I just I, I got a bit of a man crush on him. He He unleashed the following, and people have really enjoyed this. I think all of us know that Brett Kavanaugh understands his job isn't to rewrite laws as he wishes they were. He understands that he's not being interviewed to be a super legislator. He understands that his job isn't to seek popularity. His job is to be fair and dispassionate. It is not to exercise empathy. It is to follow written laws. Contrary to the onion-like smears that we hear outside, Judge Kavanaugh doesn't hate women and children. Judge Kavanaugh doesn't lust after dirty water and stinky air. No, looking at his record, it seems to me that what he actually dislikes are legislators that are too lazy and too risk-averse to do our actual jobs. It seems to me that if you read his 300-plus opinions, what his opinions reveal to me is a dissatisfaction, I think he would argue a constitutionally compelled dissatisfaction, with power-hungry executive branch bureaucrats doing our job when we fail to do it. And in this view, I think he's aligned with the founders. For our Constitution places power not in the hands of this city's bureaucracy, which can't be fired, but our Constitution places the policy-making power in the 535 of our hands because the voters can hire and fire us. And if the voters are going to retain their power, they need a legislature that's responsive to politics, not a judiciary that's responsive to politics. Ben Sass. That's sassy. Thank you. Well, I appreciate the fact that he took his opportunity um, yesterday to make that little screed. He schoolhouse rocked it, man. Um, so I was watching uh, Tucker Carlson last night, and, he, and I wish I knew the guy's name. He's on cable news all the time. He's a progressive. He was uh, involved in um, um, Barack Obama. 
No. It wasn't Barack Obama. He was involved in um, advising. He was an advisory to uh, people on the, the Judiciary Committee, the people that are speaking today. And anyway, so, you know, he'd get people coached up and everything like that. But he and Tucker Carlson were in complete agreement, a guy, a progressive and a guy on the right, in agreement that this, this what we're doing for the next couple of days is completely meaningless and worthless. And it's not what, what was designed originally to try to figure out um, – who to be a Supreme Court nominee. Right. And uh, and and part of it, as we mentioned earlier, is this this crazy notion that we decided decades ago now, as Ben Sass pointed out, that you're not supposed to have an opinion on any of these things, right. which is just stupid to think that if he if he if Ben Kavanaugh perfect uh, uh, said out loud, no, I, I don't think a woman should have the right to abort a, a, a baby. I don't mm-hmm. think you should have that right than that you don't think that he could look at the law and apply the law right he, he would just he's impossible he would he He'll would run rough shot yeah and do whatever it took to accomplish his personal aims yeah which yeah. is is a crazy notion to think that there aren't people legal people who are willing to follow the law right um so and to and to well you know i i'm sorry i'm not a judge although again i'm very judgmental so i'd make an excellent one I would do that exactly on that very topic. You know, I, I have the... Was it George Bush who said he wants uh, abortions to be safe, legal, and rare? That was uh, Clinton. Clinton. Um, yeah, I don't I don't like it at all, but if the law says this, well, that's what i got to say as a judge. Well, that's right. what i got to enforce. And so we pretend that, there, that people can't... That's an impossibility, that you're a unicorn. That doesn't exist. Somebody that could right. have have a differing opinion and apply the law. So the only way around it is to have them lie. All of them are forced to lie and pretend that they don't have an opinion. It's, and then we accept that lie like we're children. <laughs> but I, I think you're attacking the wrong side of it. It's necessary. Oh, yeah, you have to. Okay. You have to. But we've put them in that position. We've put them in a position where they have to lie, and then we act like we've accomplished something by making them lie. That's the part that's stupid to me. Yeah. So then we act like, okay, we... He's they. They said he doesn't know anything about it. So fine. Well, you didn't do. You didn't accomplish anything. Sure. You got him to play the stupid game you've created. Right. It's an emperor's new clothes moment. Ah! Democracy. It's just it's ridiculous. It's an insult to the intelligence another, of all uh, gathered. <laughs> another thing that this guy pointed out is he said this issue of what papers need to be released has been around now for years. It can be discussed. At any moment, right. the legislature could decide or the Judiciary Committee could decide what papers do we need to have, which ones are out of bounds. Mm-hmm. You don't have to discuss it and argue it in the midst of a nominee's uh, approval. Right. That's just the stupidest it's way to go about it. a procedural issue. Yeah. 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 So decide next year or last year or whenever the president's stuff and all that. Is that part of the paperwork we need or not? No? Right. We all agree on that? Okay. Well, then let's stop talking about right. it. Or we can't get it because it's so, protected. So now. the whole thing is, is a... Cable news is the worst thing that's going on in journalism, and this show is designed to play to that, to cable news. Yes. Yeah. It's just amazing. Well, this is the the embodiment of Churchill's famous quote that democracy is the worst form of government, except for all others that have been tried. This is a beautiful illustration of that. These grandstanding senators have realized they can get some sort of political advantage by pretending the guy is a monster who is only waiting for the full moon to tear off his clothes and and, and uh, cavort around the countryside ravaging young virgins. And it's idiotic, and, and anybody with any sense knows it. 
nor was Elena Kagan going to usher in, you know, uh, Marxism. I disagree with her on everything, but she's a smart lady, seemed to be a decent judge, a decent lawyer. If the president wants her, that's who he gets. So, yeah, it's just it's all such an insult to the intelligence. And one more quick thought, you know, and it, it may have sound dismissive, sounded dismissive when I said uh, Senator Ben Sass went schoolhouse rock on us. But the notion that I, Justice Joe, would rule in a way that made me unhappy, man, I'd like to I don't know, maybe I'm like super uh, anti death penalty. But the legislature of my state has, has said, yeah, we got that we're, we're down with the death penalty. This guy clearly has committed the crimes. He's exhausted his appeals. Uh, I'm turning down this appeal. He gets executed, even though I find the death penalty loathsome. That notion that a judge would not be a legislator, would not be a voter, but would be an impartial well judge, jurist, is novel to probably 60% of the country, 70, 75% of voters. What percentage of voters do you think understand that principle and are comfortable with it? I think it's a small percentage. I don't think it's anywhere near a majority. They think a judge gets in there and decides, well, it's it's more like Judge Judy, where you got the one a-hole who rented the apartment to the other a-hole, and but the one a-hole is such an a-hole that she just can't take it anymore. Right. It rules against them. Everybody laughs. Then you go to break. I think most people view the judiciary like that. It's a it's a question of preference, not uh, dispassionate uh, judging, which makes me fear for the republic. But I've been fearing is, for the republic since I was about two. Is there any going back? A weird little kid. Is there any going back to the way things were before nineteen eighty seven? Yeah, it's possible. As I always say, it'll take a cataclysm or a giant war. Boy, this is stupid. This couple of days we're doing here with uh, Judge Kavanaugh is just stupid. Yes, I'm only a bill, and I'm sitting It's here uber stupid. Hill. So, um... It's Everestian in its stupidity. Trump ended up on the phone with Bob Woodward about this book, and that is out? Who, who released that? How did that come out? Is it Trump or his Woodward? publicist, John Miller? <laughs> Woodward released that just because... Okay, well, we'll get into that coming up. Well, we got John ex- Barron. So we'll listen a little, little of that phone call between Trump and Woodward, and then I got an excerpt from the book that we can then discuss. Okie doke. That's on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Some folks back home decided they want Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. So I. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I would have liked to have done that, and I maximized my effort, and somehow it didn't get to you. Or It's really too bad, because nobody told me about it, and I would have loved to have spoken to you. You know I'm very open to you. I think you've always been fair, but we'll see what happens. Sorry we missed the opportunity to talk for the book. Well, I just spoke with Kellyanne, and she asked me if I uh, if I got a call. I never got a call. I never got a message. Who did you Who did you ask about speaking to me? Well, about six people. Uh, you know, well, they don't tell me. Senator, uh, uh, I talked to Kellyanne about it two and a half Thank months ago. She yeah. came for lunch. Well, it's too bad. Of course, you and I had a conversation. Uh, 
you know, a couple of years ago, and so that, I think, got you there a little bit. And we had a conversation many years ago, if you remember, in yes, Trump Tower. That has to be 20 years ago. So, as everything with Donald Trump, good God, everything is so much more complicated. Yeah, boy. So, Bob Woodward's got to be the smartest slow talker in America, isn't uh-huh. he? Yeah, well, I think he talks that slow because I think he tries to be really careful. Mm. But, um, so Bob Woodward's got a new That's book an idiotic out. idea. And Bob Woodward <laughs> is not like this wolf guy, and he's not like Omarosa. It's not those kind of books. <laughs> Um, and one and, and Bob Woodward's thing always is since the seventies when he helped you know bring down Nixon has always been I'm gonna get the other person's side of the story, so it'd be a good idea for you to give me your side of the story. Otherwise, we're just gonna have it, and that's why so many people talk to him, right? Because he gets the other side of the story, and I think it was a huge mistake for Trump not to talk to him and give his side of the story. I could easily see a lot of Team Trump not being. Really hip to Bob Woodward and how he works and the importance of his books and the rest of it. And maybe mishandling it well, wouldn't so be shocking. Woodward says he tried to get a hold. Of, uh, he he requested seven times to talk to Trump for the book. Trump is claiming on that phone call, nobody got me those messages. I had no idea. I don't believe that. Mm. I don't believe that. Do you believe that? I don't know. Do you believe nobody mentioned to him that that Bob Woodward was writing a book and wants to talk to you? I just don't believe that. The gatekeeping thing is so important, you don't bring everything to the president. I don't have a sense of that. Including Bob Woodward, which is always a huge effing deal when Bob Woodward puts out one of these books saying he wants to talk to you. And um, the the stuff I said earlier before we get to this excerpt... He's he's uh, it's like Comey or it's like a lot of these people that are hero to one side and the villain to the other side. And then it flips because mm-hmm. when he was writing his books about Obama, oh, my gosh, he was on Fox all the uh, all the time. And MSNBC was saying he's a doddering old fool that, you know, just he's a re- he's a known he's a Republican. He's a, he's an he's a known registered Republican. And so, of course, you can't trust him on the Obama book. Sure. Remember the one book that was about um, it was about the legislative process, really, because that's when they were trying to put together the grand bargain, Obama and Boehner, particularly, trying to put together the grand bargain to reform entitlements and everything like that. And one of the one of the parts of the book was, I think it was Nancy Pelosi and Harry Reid in a room, and Obama was on the phone. And at some point, they put they put on the mute and they started talking because they didn't want to hear what Obama had to say. Oh, they wow. didn't give a crap what he had to say. They yeah. they they didn't feel like he knows anything about the legislative process as a guy who was barely a senator. And that he was out of his depth. And well, he was famously aloof from Capitol yeah. Hill. Yeah. Well, that was not a very flattering portrayal of... And, of course, they denied that. Of mm-hmm. course, they said, oh, no, we never did that. No. Okay, well, maybe they did, maybe they didn't. But my point is, Woodward writes those kind of things that are perfectly believable, and they're not always going one direction politically. Sure. Yeah. Um, I, by the way, believe that probably happened. Yeah. <laughs> Um, this one, I don't know. I would like to read the book. As I also said earlier, these things are often taken out of context. And when I read the book in a full context of a chapter or something, I think, well, that sounds completely different than the way I heard it the other day. Um, here's one. Uh, Trump's lawyer, man named Dowd, called. Have you noticed that people have started saying this? This is a new way to refer to people. Mm. A man who's called Dowd. Really? They say instead of the name is they say called. I hear that all the time on the cable news. It's a, it's a hot new way to refer to me. This That's man odd. who's who's uh who's called Joe Getty sounds like the start of a folk song. I know. Anyway. See, all you need is a, yeah. All you need is a comma. The man Joe Getty 
They called Joe Getty. That's stupid. Well, anyway, it's the new thing. So they this guy called Dowd, who is Trump's the lawyer thing, as at soon the time, as was uh, talking to Mueller, to Bob Mueller. You may have heard a of him. A man called Mueller. And, uh, Sounds and, like a title of a movie where people wear bear skins and, and, and ride te- around on buffaloes. And telling Mueller that he was, wasn't going to let his client, President Trump, sit down with Mueller. And according to Woodward, Woodward's book, he said to Mueller, I'm not going to sit there and let him look like an idiot, Dowd said. And then you publish that transcript because everything leaks in Washington. And the leaders overseas are going to say, I told you he was an idiot. I told you he was a goddamn dumbbell. What are, we, what are we dealing with this idiot for? And Mueller replied, John, I understand, according to Woodward. Days later, Dowd told Trump, don't testify. It's either that or an orange jumpsuit. Dowd denies the remark. The Washington Examiner reports. Hmm. And then goes on to say Woodward tried to interview Trump to get his side of the story on whether or not Woodward <laughs> said. So, I don't know. Wow, okay. Do All you right. think Trump's lawyer said to Mueller, I can't let him testify. He'll come off as a moron. Well, I I will say this, having criticized Donald J. Trump harshly throughout the campaign and his presidency. Uh, and again, this might be a bit lawyerly, but what he was saying was, if you publish the transcript of a guy who is intentionally not answering questions sure. and pretending he doesn't know nothing about nothing because that's what you do in a deposition. If that is leaked and published, he will look like an idiot. That's a good point. That's a very good point. So That's a very good point. That's not So it's not damning at all. It's just... It's not he is an idiot. It's the reality of what the transcript would look like. Good point. Yeah. I th- of course, then he denied having said that. He didn't say what I said. He just well, said, I didn't say that. Sean and I were wondering. I should marshal, too. You weren't in the room. You leave or for whatever. Uh, we I all know, sit around just, and talk. I can't and stand it here another yes. minute. Um, <laughs> we were all discussing. Yeah. So when they all sit down to their meeting today, does Trump say, so did you call me an idiot? Or yes. Or do you all, <laughs> I or would do you, guess. Or do you all just pretend yeah. that the whole city is not talking about this? I, uh, well, uh, mm, the city recall, being Washington, D.C. Right. In one of the last go-rounds of this, when the WAPO or the New York Times, the failed New York Times, had published one of these <laughs> gossipy stories, um, I think it was uh, Kelly, General Kelly, said, no, I went to the president and told him. I never said that. So I think they seek him out or, or grab him on the phone or say, hey, listen, I heard this crap. I did not say that. Yeah. I think they jump on it pretty quickly. Well, Kelly denied uh, his moron comment yesterday right. out loud, so you wouldn't have to ask him in a meeting, I suppose. And... Uh, but, again, so you just explained that one. Makes perfectly good sense to me. Maybe. The whole, he's got a fifth or sixth grade knowledge, that's not a dismissive thing to say. That, that, I don't have any problem with the guy saying, we just talked to him about a complex issue on the other side of the world, he's got a fifth or sixth grade knowledge of it. Right. That's, that's just reality. we got to coach him up. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. That's not a big deal. Right. And then the associate who overheard that went to Bob and said, Bob, listen, here's what they're saying about the president when it was just one specific Incident, or my point is, when you read it in the book, it'll be pretty obvious that it's not that big a deal. Listen, I'm a fairly bright fellow and well read, but if I were elected president, boy, there'd be changes. But (laughs) and if the topic came up, uh, steel tariffs and how it might affect the manufacture of of auto parts in America for export to wherever. I would have maybe a third grader's understanding right. of that sure. until I was coached up. Sure. Well, I don't know. Let's come up in your news, Marshall. Alec Kavanaugh here and getting off to another fiery start. We got Britain pointing the finger at the Russian military for the poison attack yes. on their yeah. home soil. Coming up. It, well, all that coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show.
got a couple of these texts. I don't believe Woodward tried to contact the president. Okay. Well, you're wrong, but thank you for the text. Um, by the way, we never got into the big controversy yesterday. The woman sitting right behind Kavanaugh who was flashing the white supremacy symbol with her hands. Oh, boy. Are you into that story? She have Pepe the Frog in her pocket, too. <laughs> Are you into the story? Look at her. Yeah. I think she's right behind him today again. It's her, his assistant or something. Yes. Look at that. She's doing the hand signal. That's the white Clearly, supremacy sign. Sure it is. Remember, we learned Clearly that the white supremacy. We learned that from when was the last time that? Because it's the AOK sign is, is supposedly the white supremacy. Uh, which hand. south of the border means you're an a hole. <laughs> but anyway, so she's got one hand resting over her arm as she sits there relaxed, and she's doing that. And 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 see, here's the troubling part. Somebody captured that, tweeted it. It was immediately retweeted like fifteen thousand times. With people, it would appear seriously thing saying this should disqualify him immediately. All right. So his three hundred decisions, his decade plus on the highest court in the land below the Supreme Court, he managed to keep the secret the fact that he was a Nazi. But then his assistant played her hand too boldly and tried to give the sign at his hearing, which would be an odd decision to make. But finally, the truth has been uncovered. Yeah, if she did do that, I mean, if you believe that, why would you do it there? What were you trying to accomplish? Sending a signal to her fellow Nazis. That what? We're ready. Now is the time. Exactly. Make your move. Nazi Germany. The world can't get stupider than this, can it? It really can't get stupider. Surely not. Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, day two, and once again, protesters doing their best to slow down the confirmation hearings for Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh. Okay, I'm I'm of two minds on this. Yes. One, it, it bothers me that we and everybody else put that in our newscasts because you're given a couple of freaking numbnuts a minute that could be spent on actual content of the argument. Yes, so if, Marshall, with your sensationalism. If two idiots sneak in there and scream for 30 seconds, every right. news outlet in America makes that part of their package. Why? On the other hand... What if, if two the, idiots hosted a radio show for four hours every day? Shouldn't that get coverage? On the other hand, yeah. if you don't report that sort of stuff, I mean, if you covered it up like streakers on an NFL field, right. you wouldn't want to cover up all protests. Right. But but it ends up eating up how much time you right. get to talk about any substance. Yeah, it's conflict. It's, it reminds me of the Woodward gossip stuff. Did you see the, the final number on how many arrest, uh, protesters were arrested? Yeah. No. 22. Right. I don't know if that's high or low, but yeah, and there whatever. were seventy escorted out yesterday, and the protests well, have there been are six con- people in this room right now. So <laughs> anyway, in between the protests, Kavanaugh vowing once again to be fair and independent and to view each case with an open mind. Judging is not just about theory. It's not theory. It's not just what a law review article is. Judging is real people in the real world. And every decision we make, no matter how high-minded it might sound, affects real people in the real world with real interests. And we have to remember that and how we explain the decisions. As for having- I don't like real people! You should make rulings for elves and, and hobbits! 
What were they yelling? Oh, so he said yeah. he's going to be open-minded. We almost yes. tripped him up and got him to admit that he's going to be close-minded. <laughs> but he was clever enough to uh, sidestep it. As for having to consider any cases brought against the president or the executive branch, Kavanaugh was saying... We are not supposed to be influenced by political pressure from the executive or from uh, the Congress. We are independent. We make decisions based on law, not based on policy, not based on political pressure, not based on the identity of the parties, no matter who who you are in your our system. Uh, to uh, to that point, more of the rock star Ben Sass's screed coming up next hour. There are parts we haven't even gotten to yet that are absolutely fantastic, echoing the wise words of Tim the lawyer and then dare I say Jack and myself. Uh, and, and one more thing, I was uh, in lunchroom and DiFi was uh, grilling Judge Kavanaugh, and they were getting into it in a surprisingly specific way about his views on the Second Amendment and guns. Um, and we're actually going back and forth. Well, no, what I meant was blah, blah, blah. So, you know, there's a little substance to it. Yep. He wants a gun in every uterus. Exactly. So uh, babies can defend themselves against abortion. That's what I heard. British Prime Minister. From my white supremacist buddy who's at the <laughs> hearing, flashing me signs. <laughs> British Prime Minister Theresa May says the two prime suspects in the nerve agent poisoning of former Russian spy Sergei Skripal and his daughter are agents of Russia's military intelligence agency. There's a shacker. Hey, and on that note, I, I yeah. meant to point out the whole white supremacist look at the sign thing. That's clearly Russian bots. They're at least oh. aiding in that yeah, fight right. back and forth. They're the ones promoting that, that idea. That's good stuff. And a lot of these things they have... They're, they're office buildings with floors of these people doing it, so they can easily get the quote-unquote trending stuff going just by having all of their right. fake troll accounts retweet and, and engage and react, right. and then and it tricks watching, the algorithm. they're watching every single second of these hearings waiting for something divisive that then they can jump on and, 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 and you know make social media explode with it. The FDA has taken to Twitter now to warn people not to eat honey smacks. It says the popular Kellogg cereal has been linked to 130 confirmed salmonella infections ah. in 34 states. I'll be all right. And a number of people have been hospitalized. Honey because smacks. Of it. Yes. <laughs> Honey smacks have been the subject of a recall since June, which means stores can't sell it, but people are still getting sick from it because they have uh, it in their cupboard. They, 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 they need to team up with Chipotle and offer breakfasts. So, uh, wow, that's unfortunate. They, they employ lawyers, you know. He's no kidding. So, uh, in San Francisco, you can get smack, but you can't get honey smacks. Hey, you know. There you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation flies. You can get needles, squawky, but you can't get straws. <laughs> oh, uh, boy, these are odd times. <laughs> so... Uh, more of Ben Sass's screed from the hearings yesterday. Oh, I got such a man crush on him. That people are loving. Well, somebody should try to take the high road. And or the, look, our government isn't working the way it's supposed to. That's sassy. (laughs) That's not helping. (laughs) Who's the richest 21-year-old in the world? I don't care. All right. <laughs> Maybe today, hate, hit, him another, hit him with another age. I yeah. hate young yeah. super achievers. I don't want to hear about it. I've got, also got the richest 100-year-old in the world and everybody in between. Some of them are kind of interesting. Also, what's the greatest challenge for parents as the school year begins? Hmm. 
According to somebody. Okay. I definitely want to hear that. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I forgot to mention the supposed white supremacy sign that was flashed behind Ben Kavanaugh yesterday in the hearings was from a Mexican Jew, which is an interesting white supremacist. Yeah, yeah, she's not good at it. (laughs) Things are A-OK, Aryan Brothers. Yeah, that's what's happening in the hearing room from a gal who's half Jewish, half Mexican. <sighs> but again, it's the Ruskies. Trying to get us at each other's throats. Won't work with me. I love everybody. I'm pretty sure it's a... Except those I hate. Oh, look how poor it was. It's a well-known activist on the left, though, who said this alone should disqualify Kavanaugh. It, well, that wasn't the it. Russians that said that. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's now, funny. What got it going and really, you know, exponentially traveling around, that probably almost certainly was the Russians. Sometimes you and I disagree somewhat. You take the... No, I think people actually believe this stuff. I have a more cynical view, um, uh, the Krauthammerian view, that you have to engage in this stupid, ugly, grubby <laughs> stuff to get people to the polls. Oh, my God. And then you get a chance, if you get office, to do the good stuff you want to do. I, oh, my I mean, God. Y- you got to check your, if not your conscience, your uh, so you sense to, of smell so at you're the door. Saying, you're saying it'd benefit you to pretend you believe that Kavanaugh's got a white supremacist behind him at the hearings, yep. giving the sign to people on television. Give us a good chance to, to win the midterms. Right. You and then you can do the things that, that are real, that you care right. about. Right. Save the whales, the whales, et cetera. Uh, <laughs> or, or whatever your cause is. Yeah, I just, I don't, I... Uh, then you got uh, Ben Sass types who are not going to uh, get down in the mud like that. And we'll play more of his fabulous screed uh, at the hearing, the uh, Kavanaugh hearings, the Kavanaugh-scopy. Uh, we'll play that uh, after the 8 o'clock news. So, uh, listen, I believe this, uh, the the big challenge for parents these days, getting back to school, is the Fortnite game. Kids mm. want to play it all day long. because, And if you're not hip to this sort of thing, I just am... Because I'd I'd sit and watch my son play some of these games, and we would talk while he played, um, and it was fairly entertaining. Honestly, my kids aren't there yet. I'm I'm not looking forward to it because it's a world I don't know anything about. But, but what you don't un- what people don't understand who don't play these games is that it's not like you know a, a game that has a you know a twenty minute or a half an hour span and then it's done and then you can play it again if you want. Hey, no. I got the high score. No, you're inhabiting a world where you try to stay alive as long as possible in Fortnite as I understand it, Sean, and and you have all sorts of adventures and battles and and find this asset and lose that one and and it could go on for uh, weeks. Uh there's certain games like World of Warcraft where you are on a constant singular path where you're just always making your your character stronger, et cetera, mm-hmm. getting the, the the things that you like. Uh, then games like Fortnite, which are these kind of standalone. Each game takes about twenty to thirty minutes, but you just keep playing more. Yo, I got a, I, I got fourth that time. Let me let me see if I can get third place next game. On mm. some of these games, if you take days off, does that penalize you? Some of them, yeah. yeah that's yeah. what I would worry about. Well, and you're playing with all sorts of not... people, real world, and communicating with them. And... Oh, for sure. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're often in voice communications on headset talking to these people. It it is not the solitary. 
vision of gaming that I think a lot of people have when they hear about games. So anyway, the capacity for kids to want to play and play and play and play and play well into the night and every single day of the week is uh, very high. And and so that's what a lot of parents are dealing with these days. Uh, You know, and this little article just quotes various mothers and dads who are concerned. Oh, heck yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. The, you know, the parents are also using it if they have a healthy relationship with their kid as a uh, a lever with their kids. You take care sure. of this, you take care of your grades, et cetera, then, yeah, you can play uh, reasonable mm-hmm. amounts of time. But, you know, the balance of power in some families is not exactly where it ought to be. And, you know, I used to get this, we used to get this all the time um, when I was, you know, actively parenting children. My kids, if you're new to the show, are just about to turn 19, uh, 24, and 26 within a few months. Um, my 16-year-old does this, that, and the other, and I can't get her to or I can't get him to, but what do you suggest? And my first suggestion was always get a time machine because, you know, if the balance of power is out of whack in your family, that's a tough thing to fix. Well, I got or send them to one of those boot camps. You I, know, tough got, love, bag over the head in the middle of the night. I got one kid that all the levers of power work on the way I expect them to and the way you see on TV, and one that none work on ever. Right. So, yep. yeah. <laughs> if if my six-year-old got into one of those games and played it all day long, I would think it was awesome. If he played for eight hours, I think it's awesome. At least mm-hmm. he's not hurting anybody. Right, um, including himself. Yeah. 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 Yeah, well, that's obviously a special case. But anyway, uh, my new thing will be using V-Bucks. As allowances for chores and behaving at school. Huh. V-Bucks are the uh, the actual currency of Fortnite. Um, it's like Disneyland dollars. You can There's certain ways you can earn them in-game, but if I want to, I can also spend 10 bucks, and I get a certain amount of V-Bucks that I then get to you know, spend in the game. I, I wonder about this all the time as a parent. <clears throat> I, I said it just the other day, and I believe it. The whole millennials are this or that. Well, you can't blame that on millennials. You could blame if, if they are this or that, which is often overblown to start with. You can only blame the parents, right? I mean, the parents raised them to have an attitude of this or that, right? But culture exists, and then is there something in the water or whatever? I don't know. My kids, and I don't feel like I've raised them in any way that they'd be this way. They just don't want to play outside, mm-hmm. and neither do their friends. Yeah, the way I did. They just don't. And I read about this being a common problem. And before I had kids, I would think, well, it's just, you know, you're, you know you're something you did wrong. But the idea of being outside, I'm tr- trying to get my son to play catch with a Nerf football, which I would do all day long when sure. I was his age. Oh. You couldn't stop you, me. That phrase filled me with pleasure. It got so dark, you couldn't see the Nerf football or the mosquitoes were so bad. It was the only <laughs> way I would quit. Right. You but, took a couple in the face, then you decided it was too dark. But him, it's like a punishment. <laughs> to be honest, I play catch the nerf football. Wow. And I just I don't know if there's something in the water. You like Sean's always saying he's an avid endorsement. Yes. I just think that's that's what my you know, that's yeah. what my son wants to be an avid endorsement. Why would I want to be outside? It's so nice in here. Well, not, necessi- I, don't know. Necessity. I don't know if I raised them wrong or if there's oh, just yeah, something in the air yeah. or the culture or something. <laughs> well, well, do you think it, that some of the outdoor games are just too simple for kids now, like playing the catch? The speed of them or something? It's just not, it doesn't it trigger as many things in the brain as something on a screen. I don't know. I guess. I don't know. Well, there have always been kids who'd prefer to do indoorsy stuff, but uh, I think necessity is the mother of a lot more than invention. I think, you know, you're chasing after an antelope or else you'll starve. You get in good shape. 
You know, you just there wasn't much to do indoors. We had two if, channels. If I'd read all my books five times, I'd head outdoors because I needed adventure. It, it turned me into a you know a physically fairly robust lad. We had two channels. We didn't even have all three of the big networks. We had two channels right. that we got. And yeah, you were limited to reading whatever you had in the house. You couldn't look it up anywhere. And so yeah. Playing another game of Parcheesi. <laughs> <laughs> or those stupid, they're almost painful board games that somebody designed as a punishment for children like right. Monopoly. Right. So yeah, you would play catch at the nerf of ball. The sure. top of the tip of the technological spear for you was electronic football. That <laughs> oh yeah, when that came out, finally, yeah, it, it it well, it took over a lot of other stuff. Or, or, or my generation, we you know, we had to be resourceful. So we would uh, find a book of matches and go set fire to things. <laughs> You know, it sh- ah, good memories. It shouldn't be that confusing to me. I've told this story many times when my grandma borrowed or somebody loaned her Pong, the very first video game that ever came out that you could hook up to your TV in the 70s. Uh, you know, I think somebody heard, yo, your grandkids are coming over. Hey, you know, use our Pong system, hook up the TV. And every trip to grandma's ever had been up until then, we played in the yard, we rode bikes, we talked with grandma, we did all that sort of stuff. The time we showed up and she had Pong, we sat in front of the TV and played Pong the entire freaking time. Wow. I mean, the idea of going outside, I mean, it was just mesmerizing. Yeah. And that game is lame. Yeah. But there's something about what it does Until to the it brain. it gets going fast. Oh, then it's intense. <laughs> and the two-pedal version. Oh, boy. Oh, you use the short paddles? Um, <laughs> there's, there's something about what it stimulates in the brain that was yeah. just way more satisfying than anything I'd ever done in my life. Yeah. And so my kids have had that opportunity, you know, always. When I wasn't setting fires, I was uh, helping my grandmother pull Japanese beetles off her roses and put them go. in a jar of gasoline. There you go. Which I then set on fire. <laughs> With the matches from before. <laughs> Same matches. Flaming beetles. Some more Ben getting sassy at the oh. hearings yesterday. What Ben Sass said will bring joy to your soul.